Chapter 3. The Choice. I guess it comes down to the simple choice, really. You get busy living, or you get busy dying. Andy DeFresnes and Shawshank Redemption. I know I mispronounced that name. Moving on. A wealthy man nearing the end of his days summoned his twin sons to his bedside and told them that before he died, he wanted to pass on them the opportunity to experience the richness of life that he enjoyed for so many years on earth. If I could do so, I would give you both the world, he told his boys, but of course I can't. Instead, I'm leaving you both with a gift. The boys both wept to hear that their father speak of the approaching death, but he had, but he bade them hush with a wave of his hand. I'm giving you each a purse to finance your adventures. What goes into each purse is your choice. The man lifted a pair of beautiful lacquer boxes from a bedside table onto his lap, then reached inside one and held out his hands to his sons. One hand grasped a sheaf of 1,000 crisp new $1,000 bills, $1 million cash. In the palm of his hand, in the palm of his other hand, sat a new shiny copper penny. I offer the same choice to both of you, this million dollars or this single penny. Whichever you choose, you must leave it in your purse under my butler's care for one full month to give you the time to think about how you will use it. Whatever you do not take will be turned to my estate, which I leave to charity. One more thing, he added. If you choose the million, you may, if you wish, draw against the credit with my bank in town. If you choose the penny, you can also draw against it, but every day you choose to leave the penny, a line of credit untouched, my butler has instructions to double the contents of your purse for as long as it is under his care. Now, go rest and think. Here, take this book with you to pass the evening hours. Tomorrow morning, come back and tell me your choice. He gave them each a copy of a little book of stories, kissed them both, and sent them on their way. Late that night, the first boy lay in his bed musing over the day's events. What should I take, he wondered, and why is our father giving us this choice? Unable to sleep, he turned on his light and looked around for the book his father had given them both. He figured a little reading would help pass the time, and he knew maybe he'd get sleepy. He found the book for the first time and noticed that embosed over the cover a simple gold lettering, the choice. Hmm, he muttered, the choice. Sounds mysterious. Choice between what and what? Flipping through the book's pages, he saw that each of its many chapters was no more than a single page long. At least at first glance, their titles didn't appear to have anything to do with each other. It seems like a random assortment of fables or children's stories. He was about to toss the book aside, but some nudge from within whispering, go ahead and read a little. He turned back to the first story, which was called The Water something I can't pronounce, and began to read. Once there was a little water that grew near the edge of the big pond. It had dreams of seeing the other side of the pond, but when it murmured to itself about the dreams, the water just laughed and lapped at it dismissively. The other side indeed. 
for a tiny plant that couldn't even move. Impossible. The water can typically be found floating on the surface of the pond in warm climates around the world. And it's beautiful plant with delicate six-petaled flowers that range from purplish blue to lavender pink. This particular plant was a perfect specimen. Very beautiful, very small, and very delicate. However, and this was something the water did not know, the water hyacinth is also one of the most productive plants on Earth, with a reproductive rate that astonishes botanists and ecologists. A single plant can produce as many as 5,000 seeds, but its preferred method of colonizing a new area is not to cast its seeds to the vagarities of the wind and water, but instead to grow by doubling itself, sending out short runner stems that become daughter plants. The first day this little water hyacinth appeared, nobody but the water even noticed it was there. Nobody noticed it on the second day either, as it doubled nor the third or the fourth, as it doubled again, and then once more. It was so insignificant, in fact, that the first two weeks, even though it doubled its size every day, you would have had to search hard to see it at all. By the 15th day, it had reproduced to cover barely one square foot of water, a tiny dollop of lavender pink dotting that the pond's grass, glassy green surface. On day 20, two-thirds of the way through the month, one person passing by the pond noticed that the little patch of foliage floating on the side, but mistook it for a lost bath towel or perhaps a discarded piece of wrapping paper. More than a week later, on day 29, half of the pond's surface was still open water, and on day 30, just 24 hours later, the water surface had totally disappeared. The entire pond had been overtaken by a rich blanket of purple hyacinth.